on these airwaves. That's right. You believe it? It's Saturday, early, 6 a.m. Come on. You were said. Dos palos. Los paños. And our favorite, Gustine. That's for you also, Marilyn. Every Saturday, we try to bring you some original content. And it is Saturday, and uh, well, I'm here. What is today? Today's September 19th, 2020. Wonderful to have you here with me this morning. I'll tell you, this is fresh, my friends. Really fresh. If you wake up at 6, well, that wasn't that long ago that I recorded this. As you know, a lot has happened in the news in the last 24 hours. If you haven't heard, RBG, the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, has passed away. Died from complications of pancreatic cancer. Very, very serious disease. I've had several acquaintances and friends. And it uh, very, very, uh, very, very tragic outcomes usually with pancreatic cancer. She had some other health problems over the years. And finally succumbed yesterday afternoon. It was... Pretty late in the evening, we were recording here yesterday and didn't hear anything about it. Uh, I didn't hear anything about it till 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. A lot of reaction, as you can imagine, because as you know, there's three branches of government, my friends. There's the judicial, which Ruth Breda, uh, Ruth, RBG, let's just say RBG, was uh, part of. And then there's the executive, of course, that leader is Donald J. Trump, who is up for re-election here in, I believe, uh, 40 plus days. We're under 50 now. And then, of course, the legislative branch, uh, the most effective branch, has two houses of Congress, the Senate, the House of Representatives, and uh, those bodies are charged with various duties. The Senate Proves Supreme Court judicial nominees. The president nominates people to the Supreme Court, to the federal judgeships. It's been going at a fantastic rate here lately. As you know, President Trump has had two appointments so far in his term to the Supreme Court, and now we'll have a third. And that will be very interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I did want to let folks know that we're going to have a great interview coming up at 8 o'clock with Barbara Levy, the Registrar of Voters. You know, I tell you, she has so many titles. And and I apologize to my listeners in advance. Let's see, she uh, the assessor, the clerk, the recorder, and the Registrar of Voters. Now, it's no secret she's announced her retirement and a uh, very, very, uh, very, un- you know, I, I'm sad that she's leaving, but I understand she's been over there at the county for a lot of years. Uh, her position is an elected position. And the, the elections, very, very contentious this year. 
Uh, not only in March, with the primary moving from June to March, barely getting it in before the COVID crisis shut down not only the county, the state, but really the country. We were a little late getting it here to our shores, but boy, by the time it came here, it really rapidly increased. And uh, Barbara Levy over there at the Registrar of Voters got the election done, certified in the time allowed. I don't think there's been any complaints, any problems whatsoever with the primary. Now, the general election will be November 3rd, the first Tuesday. Ballots are going to be coming out October 5th. Now, this is very soon, just a couple of weeks from now. They'll be mailed October 5th. When people receive them, eh, depends on the post office. And again, we talk about a lot of the issues, but I apologize to my listeners for not covering all of the election, the, the whole interview with election stuff. Now, we are going to get Barbara back in here if we can after the ballots and the other paraphernalia start going out to the voters, uh, give an update. Hopefully that will be sometime in mid-October. We still have a, a little bit of time left before the election, the month of October. Of course, what comes after October? November. And so there will be a lot of uh, activity, as you can imagine. Barbara is going to be very busy. One of the things we didn't get a chance to talk about too much is their need for people over there at elections during uh, that time of year, really this time of year. I imagine it starts pretty soon. After the ballots start going out, they'll uh, start coming back in. And uh, as we talked about, the counting is going to take place uh, as those come in. They're, they're going to send out, geez, I wrote that down, 112,000 ballots in the county. That's how many registered voters there are today. As you know, registration, or maybe you didn't, registration can occur right up to voting day, right up to 8 o'clock on election day. Now, the... About the only thing that hasn't changed, it appears, is election day is election day. It's the last day. It used to be the day. It used to be the day you went down and voted. If you were a VBM, a vote by mail, an absentee, as they call it, uh, you would get your ballot ahead of time so it could be mailed back in and counted. Of course, you could turn it in the day of the election if you so desired. But it gave you an opportunity to receive that at your home, say if you had an issue or you're out of town, whatever. Well, now everything is uh, basically VBM, vote by mail. Uh, it will be sent out in the mail, let's put it that way. And the, uh, the voting is going to take place again, really starting October 5th, all the way through November 3rd. And so with 112,000 ballots at this point, uh, going out, and again, the uh, registration efforts are continuing. Very, uh, very aggressive registration efforts. You know, every form you seem to fill out now from the state has an oppor an opportunity to register. And of course, uh, it's just it's just just a lot of stuff. You know, usually the county was kind of teasing uh, Barbara a little bit that uh, usually the registrar of voters, uh, city or excuse me, county clerk. You know, usually kind of you know very very important positions, but don't have a lot of uh, attention drawn to them. Usually it's the Board of Supervisors, something you know they're doing or not doing or wanting to do that, that uh, draws comment or, or some sort of action or shenanigan. But uh, this year, 
it really has been the health department and the uh, registrar of voters in the spotlight as far as county departments. Of course, the health department with the COVID-19 situation, no. Let me get on the mic. That's much better. The COVID-19 situation is, you know, no surprise to anybody how that's affected the county. I was reading in the uh, agenda for Monday night's council meeting at the uh, city of Merced. They're going to give a proclamation. It's the National Small Business Week. I don't know if they're going to put that on a tombstone or what, but uh, as you know, small businesses have really suffered from COVID-19 and the orders from the Department of Public Health, Merced County Department of Public Health, which they're just parroting the orders coming down from Sacramento. And if you've noticed, the uh, we've just kind of, where are we on COVID-19? Where, what are we, where are we headed? You know, when this thing first started out, it was, uh, you know, stop the spread. You go down, you get the swab. You know, they got the 18-inch Q-tip with a, you know, big old bowl of cotton on the end. They, they, they try to find the end of your sinus cavity. And uh, yeah, you're positive. That's what we were looking for. If you're sick, get tested. That way we know. We'll trach you. We'll track you. We'll... We'll put an ankle bracelet on you. The sheriff, you know, you better not leave, blah, blah, blah. It didn't happen. Not only did we not trace and track after a while, but, uh, no, not everybody dropped dead. Not every other person, you know. It wasn't like, man, did you hear about Bob who dropped dead? It, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. We did have cases. Remember the surge tents? The Staples Center, you know, we're going to, you know, pave the runway at Castle with hospital beds just in case. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. We needed respirators. We uh, <laughs> we put the manufacturing might of the greatest country on the face of the planet to work. You don't hear about respirators anymore. You don't hear about PPE. You don't hear about masks. You don't hear about gloves. Because we have enough. So what happened? What changed? Now we're trying to stop the asymptomatic spread. Huh? Well, you know, if you feel good and, you know, you may be, uh, you know, you just, you got to wear that mask. You got to stay away. You know, no groups, no gatherings, no, no business. Let's, let's shut down. It's not essential. Let, let's define essential. Who's defining essential? Governor Newsom? <laughs> really? Really? You really want the governor defining what small business does, what's essential? Where you can worship, where you can pray, where you can send your kids? Anyway, county public health, they faced a lot of criticism this year. A lot of criticism. And again, they're just doing what they have to do. Now, Barbara's office, the registrar, one of her many hats, Barbara Levy, again, great interview at 8 o'clock today. You don't want to miss it. She has come under a lot of scrutiny for potential shenanigans that might go on, voter fraud, that sort of thing, you know, people voting that shouldn't, voting twice, three times. And again, uh, you know, the bottom line is you can only do so much. The systems are pretty robust, I would say. And, uh, you know, again, we're going to talk to her more coming in October. But I'll, I'll tell you, this COVID thing is really disturbing. I, I know we wander here. In the Merced County Times this week, which is a great paper. You know, it should come out more than once a week. But, you know, for the printed, I mean, imagine what this is costing. Costing them over there. I know they do it for the love 
of the uh, of the media of the medium. But uh, John Derby, he has a new column every week. It's called Grounded. I think before it was Into the Wind or Set Sail or something like that, Anchors Away. But in this week, he has a couple of uh, different columns. He kind of splits it up. He doesn't go into those long-winded diatribes. But he talks about when the lights went out at the Branding Iron Restaurant, it was as if a part of Merced had died. Greg and Kara Parley, the owners, did all they could to keep the historic restaurant open. But in the end, the cost was too great, and the lights flickered and went out. Branding Iron is one of the great independent restaurants, which makes Merced Dining what it is, the very best. Now, you could substitute, in my mind, the Branding Iron for many, many, many different locales here in Merced, different uh, small businesses, locally owned businesses, not change. You know what I'm talking about. And I understand they uh, have been a longtime advertiser in the Times. He uh, acknowledges that. He said, they are the stuff that Merced is made of, and we congratulate them and all the local independent restaurants who work so hard to stay alive during this pandemic. He goes, the lights are back on again at the Branding Iron, not as bright as they once were, but we still, but still we know that the Branding Iron is not dead, but waiting for the coronavirus to retreat and for things to return back to normal. And we all are. And why aren't we? Why are we waiting for an election to return back to normal? Tell me that. Why are we waiting for an election? Because that's what's happening. We're now trying to stop the asymptomatic spread. The only people that are getting tested are the ones who are sick. I'll tell you how we can stop this. I can get us out of this situation and into the next step in three weeks from today. And really, we're on our way in some cases. But there's one metric... I'm trying to do everything myself. You know Dave Luna has a staff over here? You can't believe it. He has an omelet bar on the on Friday. Sometimes there's extra we're allowed. But he has a staff that does all of this technical stuff that I have to do in between our little talk. Anyway, I can solve this thing in three weeks. I'm going to let you know how to do it after the break. We'll be right back. I'm Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS at Citizen Watch. Hang on. These hollers and heels, let me show you how country feels. You ever been so into somebody still like yeah. You ever done that? Girl, what do you say? Now, uh, let's put it in four wheels. Park down by the water. Let me show you how country feels. Let you hear that. Now, living in Merced, you know how country feels. That's right. You've been there. You've been in those almond orchards late at night, haven't you? Maybe not. Anyway, here we are. Second uh, segment, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. It's early. It's really early, okay? So uh, if it's a little disjointed, what's new? Hey, we're not going to uh, be giving away any anything in the 9 o'clock hour. You'll hear in the 8 o'clock hour we may do something. But, you know, it's early. I'm going to be done early. I'm going to go to breakfast. Go over there to Granny's. So I think I'm going to be busy at 9 o'clock. Anyway, we'll give away something next week, I promise. And I was going to tell you. They tell you, Citizen Watch, Casey Steed, Voice of the Valley, Merced News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Today's Saturday, the 19th of September, 
2020. So happy to have you here with me. Anyway, uh, we're talking before the break about the COVID, the pandemic, how to stop it. You know, it started, we were all going to die. Remember, you're all going to die. You're going to get this cold that you're not going to be able to shake. Your lungs are going to stop working. Your organs are going to shut down because we all die of shock, my friends. Respiratory, circulatory, some sort of shock. Usually those are the, the number one or two. Anyway, uh, the problem is it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Now, rightly so, we took a lot of precautions. In March, April, May, a lot of precautions. I think, I think everybody was with the program. The sheriff, all of the public agencies, there was pushback. There was pushback. You're always going to have pushback. You're going to have people, you know, it's like this, these forest fires. You need to evacuate. No, I'm staying here. You know, and I get it because I was one of those. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, really, really when you look at it, you probably should leave. So anyway, uh, the COVID situation, people, the majority of people really took it seriously. The businesses really didn't have a choice, but they took it seriously, too. You know, there wasn't a lot of gnashing of teeth. Uh, it wasn't known how long, how long this may last, but the, the potential of, of uh, disaster. Oh, you remember the deaths? Two million, three million, four million deaths predicted by the end of the year. Now, this was, again, back in March, April. Because, again, these predictions, you know, you plug stuff into the computer. You know what they say, garbage in, garbage out. It just depends on the variables. This is what makes AI so interesting. Artificial intelligence based on what? Humans? Let's take our chances on something else. Anyway, the, the point is, is it didn't happen. The numbers didn't come true. The $2 million is now 200000 And so in July is when it kind of turned. Because we had the big, you know, uh, Memorial Day, the big surge. And what was in June? Father's Day. That was it. Daddy's Day. Daddy's Day. Baby, mama, daddy. Anyway, that, uh, that, that kind of, you know, big spiker riker there. Now, have you seen a spike after Labor Day? Let's see. What's today? I don't know. Anyway, so the whole, the whole point is, 14 days, right? So the whole point is, it didn't happen. And then we had a little spike and, you know, we had opened stuff. At the end of June, remember that? The county working all night, all night long. Over there at the county building, patting themselves on the back. You know, my God, we were here at 10 o'clock. I've never seen this place at 10. I couldn't find my car. The parking lot was so dark. But they were there late, filling out the form. The, uh, you know, the form changed every week. The parameters. We didn't have the, uh, you know, red, green, blue, yellow, you know, hopscotch, whatever we're doing now. We had all these parameters changed. You know, you got to have this. You got to have so many beds. You got to have so many respirators. You got to have so many... You know, with so many tongue depressors, so many, you know, teachers sitting at home on full pay. You got to have all of that. And maybe we'll let you reopen. Maybe. And so we did. Partial. We made it. Everybody was patting themselves on the back. Bam, bam, bam. And so uh, then came July 4th weekend. And they shut it all down. Remember that? Shut it all down. No parks, no nothing, no recreation. And then it's just, and then it's been an abyss. It's been nothing since then. We're up to, what, 130, under 140 deaths. I don't know. Today's Saturday. It could be 140 now. I don't know. But it's, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of day. There was a period there. It really, you know, spiked on up. And then you read about, <laughs> then you read about foster farms being vilified in the media. 
you know, the largest employer in Livingston. Uh, I don't know. Did they all catch it there? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some of them did, you know, close proximity, but it's not like they're kept on site. But it is, isn't it amazing, my friends, how you can test 3,500 people, get the results back in less than a week and open that business? Don't want to uh, miss your chicken fingers, do you? Your nuggets. What do you get, 20 for five bucks over there at uh, the Double Arches? Yeah, you don't want to miss that. I think they use a Tyson product. I'm not sure. Anyway, the point being is if you want to do something, man, you can do it. And where are the supervisors now? How come they're not up there at 10, 11 o'clock at night working on getting the businesses open? Instead, it looks like we have, uh, you know, every business has had a kitchen fire and we have to uh, eat out in the parking lot right now. You know, it's a little smoky in there. You don't want to, you know, the ceiling tile falling in your iced tea. No, I want gnats in my beer. I want to have ashes falling in my salad. I'd rather have croutons. And so this is what we force the businesses to do. Set up tents in the parking lot. Hey, watch that grease stain. You know, don't mind the... uh, don't mind the exhaust smell. Don't mind eating in public. Hey, is that Bob over there? Hey, hey, you know, people you really don't want to see. I mean, this is what we force. So I read, you know, welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter. So this is how you do it. I know I ramble. This is how you do it. County Public Health. We've met the metric for the number of infections in the tests as far as less than 8% positivity rate. We're down to four five percent approaching uh, zero but the number of positive tests per hundred thousand residents this is where they're getting us this is where they're they're screwing us with the rules up there in sacramento well you have to have three weeks of under you know 20 per uh, you know it works out to about 20 per hundred thousand residents when you look at the total population here in merced county at least the ones we know about and i'm not saying anything any inf- inference there. They're doing the census right now. So do we know? So we're using the numbers. That's why the census is important. We're using the numbers we know, and those are affecting when we can open. So we know that we have so many people, we think, and they're getting sick, and it's throwing our numbers off, and we're not able to get out of this red or purple or whatever you know horrible fourth stage, worst stage we're in, which we've, again, been in since July. So how do you do that? Testing is being underutilized, my friends. Testing is being severely underutilized in this county. Nobody's getting tested. I've been reading about the morning in the morning news about the testing sites, the mobile testing sites. There's one today. I don't have it right in front of me. Or do I? It's supposed to be over there in Los Barrios, uh, Gustin, uh, over there on the west side, coming over here to the north side, or excuse me, the east side uh, next week. Starting on Tuesday, I'll be giving those addresses. But the point is, is if you're healthy and you go in and get tested, that helps our numbers. Understand that the more healthy people that get tested that don't test positive makes those that do test positive diluted. It dilutes the percentage. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You're going to (laughs) see in this election coming up, let's just say that every vote counts. And in this pandemic, every test counts. Now, they're not as invasive. I asked the Department of Public Health. They don't go into the back of the sinuses. They have a much smaller Q-tip. 
They only go a, a little bit in. I heard, quote, unquote, it tickles. You know, maybe you want to go through the line twice. I don't know. But the point being is it's not that invasive. It's very quick. As far as information given for those people that worry the government's going to have everything on you, well, they already do. But in this situation, all you got to give them is your name, your address, and a phone number. So simple. Because, you know, if you're positive, they want to get back to you. And here's the thing. You can go get tested every day for free. Over there at the fairgrounds, Teresa Barola, she's dying to meet some. She, there's nobody over there. They haven't rented a building in months. You know how much revenue the fairgrounds have lost over the last few months? Those dilapidated, falling apart buildings and barns, all except for the Hillmar Cheese Barn. Those things need so much money, and they can't even rent to cover the costs. So go over there and get tested. Go through the line. There's no line. Go get tested. Everybody needs to get tested multiple times. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to drive our numbers down. It's going to dilute those that are testing because there's not that many people that are sick out there in our community. Look at the hospital numbers. Look at the infection numbers that are coming back. It's this one metric that the governor has put in place that prevents us from opening that makes the branding iron, that makes all of these small businesses, and I'm not picking on the chains, but they don't seem to, uh, I don't know, they seem to have a lot more money to comply with this, you know, these, these regulations. Some of these small businesses, they just can't do it, let alone the salons, the hairs. You know, every business is essential. Every business is essential. We've seen this in the economy, the downturn, and yet still we're increasing jobs. Just imagine if we turned it loose. And I won't even get into the schools because we're getting close to the end of this segment. But you know, that's been a complete failure with distance learning. Distance, distance learning is failure at a distance. And it's still failure. It's horrible what's going on with distance learning. I mean, the technology, yeah, it's cool and what they can do and this and that. But there's something about in-person instruction. And, and uh, you know, I'll just make a little comment. You don't see Stone Ridge suffering any do you anybody shut them down department of health go over there and shut them down like they did foster farms no i don't see that so again we can easily get out of this pandemic the tests are available the results are coming back quickly if we would all get tested and again you can do this there's people over there at county public health they get tested one two times a week why not you roll through, boom, boom, boom. A lot of people are in contact with a lot of people. I mean, really, ask yourself, have you changed your routine that much, or have you just been inconvenienced? You can't go where you want to go. You can't go to the, you know, the pub. You can't get a salad at lunch. You can't go to the, the machine and, and refill your drink. You can't go to the salad bar and decide how many croutons, how many cherry tomatoes you want to put on. It's been inconvenient, but it's ruined our economy. You know, we're supposed to have these little cardboard uh, triangles hanging from the door, ready to open. We're ready to open. Guess what? We're ready to go in. I don't want to eat in a tent, in a grease spot, in a parking lot. It's ludicrous. Ludicrous. And yet we're allowing this with our leaders while they show up at fire sites in the Timberlands and the latest fashion design and tell us that We've got to get rid of fossil fuel. It's just horrible. Just absolutely horrible. 
I don't know if people watched that press conference. The president was in California this week. I know there's been a lot of events that have taken people's mind. Things change so happen. You talk about a 24-hour news cycle. Well, buckle up, folks. But the president was in California earlier this week, and there was a very interesting back and forth in a hangar there, McClellan Air Force Base, after he landed with the governor. Several other state officials very pleased to see Margaret Mims, Fresno County Sheriff, sitting there. There was a person next to her that spoke right at the end. It's about a 25-minute clip. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull from it, but uh, spoke right at the very end about what the real problem was in forest management and how the fuel load is four times what it was in 1936. So the real truth is there. The president is not wrong when he says that forest management is a key. And Governor Newsom trying to blame everything on global warming and climate change is just incredible. It's so partisan, my friends. It's so partisan. And if you don't think it's going to get more partisan, well, just like I said, hang on. Buckle up. Buckle up. Because it's going to get bumpy for the next 40-some days. Again, election so important. You don't want to miss that interview with Barbara Levy at 8 a.m. Of course, you don't want to miss Roger, 7 o'clock. Hey, we'll be right back. Third and final segment, 6 a.m. hour. Hopefully, you're enjoying this. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley Mercedes News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hang on. Take you up and down these hollers and hills. Let me show you. Saturday morning, we got it for you right here on Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 KYOS. Uh, I don't want to let you go, but we're into the last segment of Citizen Watch. The 6 a.m. hour. There's more. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't leave you. Now, we got three original uh, shows this week. 6 a.m., 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. You don't want to miss those. And if you ever do, go to 1480kyos.com. There they all are. There's a little uh, bar. Finally, I just showed my buddy Raja. He is a computer guru when you show him. Over there on the right, podcast. You click on that, tab down. There's two. Citizen watches first. I was teasing Roger about that, but it's just alphabetical order. And then there's community conversations. So either one you can catch, listen to, at your leisure, say you are not listening in real time. I won't say live, because what is live in radio anymore? I'll tell you, very few live shows. I'm trying to think the last time we had a live show on uh, KYOS, K Yosemite here, was the Tea Party Straight Talk way back when. Boy, that was what, 2015, uh, 16? I think it was before that, maybe 14. Anyway, where, where are those guys? Where are those guys? But uh, so many things going on in the news. Look. We talked about how to end the pandemic here in Merced because there really isn't a pandemic here in Merced County. Go get tested. It's real simple. Go get tested. You're feeling healthy? Go get tested because they're screwing with the numbers. 
The state is screwing with the numbers. They're making us achieve a metric. Who's going to go get tested if they're not sick? So, of course, there's going to be a lot of tests per 100,000 showing up positive because people don't normally want to go and get a sw- you know some Q-tip shoved up their sinus cavity. But again, as I said, it's not that invasive. It's not a big deal. They don't take a lot of information. You can sit in your car, you know, roll down the window, get your nostril right up there to the wing window. I don't know. And, and take care of business. TCB, baby. We got to get the economy back open. We have to get back open. We have to start paying taxes. The coffers have to start. You know, the only people that I think have been doing it, you know, the pot shops were essential businesses. And here you have people getting an extra six hundred a week for just sitting around. You don't think they're spending that money? Of course they are. And again, folks, I was up, I was, I was down with the program up until about May. And then mid-May, I'm like, well, wait a minute. People aren't dropping dead all over. I mean, I think in May we had 40, 50 dead. And again, I know every life is precious. God, don't misunderstand me. But we have got to look at this thing in a bigger scope. A bigger scope. Anyway, let me get off of that. I told you we'd talk about the uh, big deal in the news. Ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. You heard it. If you haven't heard. RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, passed away. And the Supreme Court Justice up there, SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, appointed by POTUS now. She was appointed back in 1993 by uh, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton. I'm going to read from a couple articles. There's no, there's no, uh, a couple of articles. There's no uh, question that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a left-leaning, left-of-left-leaning, liberal feminist activist judge from the bench. And this is something that a lot of people take issue with. A lot of reason attention was uh, called to her decisions. And uh, yet she was a very great legal mind. You know, you can have a difference of opinion. This is the problem we have today is... People can't look through a different lens. They only see things through their lens. But the, 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 where Ruth Bader Ginsburg really drew attention to herself was during the election of 2016. Of course, President Trump was the, uh, I don't know if you'd call him the dark horse candidate or the, the ray of hope for a lot of people to change the existing systems. Again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed by President Bill Clinton in 1993. Now, you know who was running in 2016 was Hillary Clinton. The first woman president anointed by the DNC. Bernie was pushed out of the way, Bernie Sanders. Anybody remember him? Other than his policies being shoved down our throat. Ideas, his ideas. Anyway, uh, Hillary was the anointed one. She was, uh, you know, after Obama to carry on. Bring Bill into the West Wing, you know, have him over there with the interns. He was going to run that program. Obama, of course, we'd bring everybody back. You know, it's just going to be, we're going to, you know, as if eight years of destroying America under the Obama administration wasn't enough. The people figured it out. But Justice Ginsburg, RBG, she couldn't leave it alone. No, 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 because her and Hillary, well... You know, she was appointed by Hillary's uh, husband. He had he did have some time there between Monica and the other. Uh, what did they used to call that? The bimbo eruption, wherever he was. But let me read this. This is from July twelfth of twenty sixteen. Now the election wasn't until November, 
of 2016 when Donald Trump was successfully, overwhelmingly elected by the Electoral College, which is how we do things here in the Estados Unidos de Americanas, my friend. So don't, uh, don't get with this popular vote crap. Because that's what it is. I'm not going to go through that civics lesson for you folks. But let me tell you, you're going to get a civics lesson here in the next 45 days. But let me read from this. This is after some comments that Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg had said. And I want to read the comments first. This was in an interview with the Associated Press, July 7, 2016. Asked if why Trump, uh, what asked what if Trump won the presidency. Now, again, this is July before the election, 2016, over four years ago. RBG asked, what if Trump won the presidency? Ginsburg said, quote, I don't want to think about that possibility, but if it should be, then everything is up for grabs. Interview on July 8th, the next day with the New York Times. Again, these are a, a sequential series of interviews. Now, federal appointed judges cannot, in the rules, code of conduct, believe it or not, there is a code of conduct, cannot be for, against, make disparaging remarks, affirmative remarks for any candidate because that would show bias. But RBG, again, leftist, liberal, activist, feminist, from the bench, judge. July 8, 2016, interview with the New York Times, quote, I can't imagine what this place would be, talking about the Supreme Court, I can't imagine what the country would be talking about the United States of America, with Donald Trump as our president. For the country, it could be four years. For the court, it could be, she trails off, I don't even want to contemplate that. Referring to something she thought her late husband, tax lawyer Martin Ginsburg, would have said, she said, now it's time for us to move to New Zealand. In an interview July 11, 2016 with CNN, again, let's see, my MCOE man, eight, nine, two, nine, three days later, she said, quote, this is about Donald Trump, he is a faker. He has no consistency about him. He says whatever comes into his head at the moment, he really has an ego. How he has gotten away with not turning over his tax returns? The press seems to be very gentle with him on that. At first, I thought it was funny. She said of Trump's early candidacy, to think that there's a possibility that he could be president. I think he has gotten so much free publicity. Every other presidential candidate has turned over tax returns. So uh, I, I think these are very uh, partisan comments by a sitting Supreme Court justice. It's just not done, it hadn't been done. And it drew a lot of attention to RBG at the time, again, back in 2016. And she, again, thought that Donald Trump's uh, candidacy was just a joke. I'll read back. At first, I thought it was funny to think that there's a possibility that he could be president. It's just, it was unfathomable, unbelievable to these people back in 2016, 2017, again, after the election, really unbelievable, that Donald Trump could win and did win. And again, by a very, very substantial margin, a mandate, if you will, a repudiation of the Obama years, and definitely a rejection of Hillary Rodham Clinton. But in the interview of July 11th, 
2016 with CNN. Ruth Bader Ginsburg finished up the interview with saying she is bound to have a few appointments to the Supreme Court of the United States in her term. So she was partisan. She was for Hillary. She was in the bag for Hillary. This is in July. This is before the server, the bleach bit, the smashing of the phones. You know, of course, Wiener. I think this was when the Wiener was showing, uh, I don't know. He was trying to, you know, get <laughs> Huma was busy. Huma Abedin was busy with Hillary. She didn't have a lot of time. I mean, come on. Anyway, the, uh, the New York Times, a lot of papers really took her to task over this. There was an article in the Washington Post dated July 12th. I'll read a little bit. Nothing supreme. Uh, Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has said in the recent interviews about the presidential election should, should, should surprise anyone familiar with her biography and her career on the court, a lifelong left-of-center lawyer and feminist innovator who was appointed by Bill Clinton in 90, uh, 1993. That time she was 83 in this uh, time of this article. 83-year-old Justice Ginsburg fits the profile of a Hillary Clinton supporter to a T. Obviously, she would rather have a Democrat appointing her new next colleague and possibly her replacement. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. Obama, Obama, remember him? He asked RBG to step down before he left office. And she didn't. She, she was having none of that. She was still uh, wanting to be an activist from the bench, had a lot of ideas, and fought it right to the end, literally until last night, yesterday afternoon. And here's the deal. She knew. She knew she was in bad shape. What would have been the right thing to do back in July when she started the final rounds of chemo to resign, to start looking for a replacement then? No, she held out. What's her last words we're hearing in the press today? Don't let Donald Trump appoint my replacement. Well, you don't get that choice. You don't get that choice. And you didn't get that choice back in 2016. Elections have consequences. Have you ever heard that, my friends? They do. And believe me, this election coming up in November has big consequences, huge consequences. Those ballots, you can't put a dollar value on them other than the free postage. But let me tell you, they're worth hundreds of thousands, millions. Because the decisions that our electeds make, now the Supreme Court is a very important, again, the three branches of government, the judicial. Maisie Hirona, the senator from Hawaii, is beside herself. She sits on the Judicial Committee. She goes, lately, when we're in session, they just got back in session. All we're doing is approving federal judge positions. Well, they should. Because the first two years, they did nothing but delay. Here you have a party that denied, that denied the legitimacy of the 2016 election, has done everything they can, throwing everything they can at a legitimately elected president. And now... You've got somebody who's so partisan, her dying words, well, our condolences go out to RBG, but the country must go on. McConnell said it best. There will be a vote on Donald Trump's nomination, and there will be, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing the Democrats can do about it. You know why? They got rid of the filibuster. They got rid of the filibuster for judicial appointments because they really... See, when it, when it works for them, it's okie-dokie. You don't realize how important this is. This is just as important as the election, my friends. And that's why this appointment must be and will be confirmed.
and I hope it is a conservative. I hope we don't have another Roberts. So again, it's a great day for America. God bless America, but we should be sad that a great legal mind has left us. We're out of time for this segment of Citizen Watch. We've got to take off. So happy to have you with us here on this Saturday. Join us at 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss that interview with Barbara Levy. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced News Talk. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. See you later. Bye. Get your falling in love at the end of the night That good is, that long is, that sugar on your lips That favorite habit got it